McFarlane, McFarlane Energy. Thanks once again for powering the Bradford Show. Quick Bradford Show here. Just talking with Rich Hill for a little bit. Heading into the series finale, which he was pitching, it, we're in Oakland, and the reason why we want to talk to Rich Hill, because he's a good talker and he's an interesting guy, but also because we're in, like we said, we're at the place where he really started revitalizing his career. It was a little bit before the four starts with Boston, but then he chooses to sign with the A's and goes on a good run. Gets traded to the Dodgers, by the way, for a guy who he's pitching against Sunday in the series finale, then signs a dream contract with the Dodgers. But all of it really like was centered around him being in Oakland after those four starts with the Red Sox. It's an interesting conversation. I think one that you can sit back, enjoy, um, subscribe. Follow, listen, everything we appreciate. We're going to have another great week of the Bradford Show. Just wanted to give you a little taste of the great game of baseball, an interesting conversation within the great game of baseball, and just something to do. All right, here's Rich Hill. Well, I knew, I, I felt that, you know, I did whatever I needed to do, in, even in AAA, to prove that, okay, you know, you're back as a starter. And I think the, you know, obviously the caveat to all that was getting the opportunity to pitch uh, and showcase at this level. Because, as everybody knows, it's like, you know, you can say whatever you want about doing it um, in the minor league level. And I've, you know, for years before that, um, knowing that transition from, you know, the minor leagues to the big leagues, it always was, um, what are you doing here? As opposed to, okay, that's great, you're doing it in AAA or mm-hmm. whatever. But that, because there's no, there's nothing that can really compare or prepare and or compare to, you know, being in at this, at this level. Um, but I um, also think that... Um, you know, having that opportunity um, afforded the you know, future of what was going to kind of be dictated for that one year after 15. Mm-hmm. As far as, you know, opportunities at the major league level, you, getting something did you, more When, when you, you finish off those four starts, you're like, okay, this is the plan. Now I'm in a position to get, like, the one-year deal. Or did you feel like there was there's gonna be more or less? Or? No, I had no idea. We yeah. had no idea. You never know. Um, and there were there were there were like multiple uh, two year deals on the table, and we took one year um, for less money to come here for guaranteed starts, and that was all you know, kind of. So the other places were like, well, maybe you can start, but you might really even yeah. no guarantees. Yeah, yeah. yeah, there's no guarantees, but here they said, you know, hey, we'll guarantee you 30 starts and less money um, than, you know, one place in particular where we ended up was L.A. They offered more, but they had, you know, a, kind of a plethora of starters. You know, you had guys that were, if you looked at kind of who was on the I.L. and then who was <coughs> actively pitching as they always do even now like you know with the kind of wealth of depth that they have Mm -hmm. is something that they create over an off season and understanding how to manage a a roster and and know what it takes to get you know through an entire season with quality pitchers Mm -hmm. 
looking at that, like if you were going to come into camp and pitch um, at some point, you know, guys are going to come off, and there are guys that are would probably end up, you know, you could have gotten shuffled into the, the bullpen mm-hmm. because it was very, you know, new coming back as a starter right. again. I mean, new in the sense what I mean is that, like, hey, you know, we haven't seen this over, only we've only seen it over a course of, um, you know, two months, one in the minor. And, I mean, the Red Sox sort of fell into that, like, well, we'll give you a chance, but, I mean, we'll give you... We'll make you, yeah, yeah, it was more like, you know, making an offer where it was, you know, understandable from the standpoint of thinking, like, we didn't think that this was going to be something that was, you know, I don't know, it would be an interesting question to ask. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the the front office at the time who was here in 2016. Yeah, he's busy right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just but I guess the point is, is that... You know, never been a big velo guy. Never been really a big anything except for you know having the ability to always you know throw a curveball and and have enough command to use the two pitches to my advantage. Well, so that goes back to right. So Bannister and yeah. So the the thing is, is like you look at um, when we watch you pitch, it was like, oh man, you got jumped to your fastball. You're right, you get jumped to your fast. Right. And that was sort of, life. Right. And yeah. that was sort of like the not the beginning, like sort of the beginning of the spin rate revolution, right? Well, yeah, because then everything was able to be quantified. Mm-hmm. And we were able to look at like, you know, data from analysis that was popping up and saying, Oh, okay, this is why, you know, mirroring or you know, pitch and, and that's always been around. Um, I remember guys like, you know, Greg Maddox talking about that. Um, with his pitches, with his fastball and his changeup, and you know, even his curveball, like saying everything you want, everything to come out of the same window um, where your hand is coming out of, because that's what the pitch, uh, the hitter is looking at. So, you know, if you're looking at the pitcher's arm and where it's coming out of the same slot over and over and over again, it's the same thing as mirroring. Mm-hmm. It just is. You're talking about where the pitcher, you're talking about where the ball is coming out of the pitcher's hand, as opposed to. Now everybody talks about it at the plate. Does mm. that make sense? Where the ball yeah. is at the plate, and then you see like the overlays of like one ball going this way, one ball going that way, and they all like end up <clears throat> at the same intersection, but they go a different direction. Right. But that's not, you know, when talking about it with, um, you know, guys like I just remember specifically talking with uh, Maddox about a conversation we had leaving Houston after we played the Astros and he talked about you know picture your arm or your hand in a window and you know you have all these windows behind your release point where your hand is and that's where the hitter is looking for you know the ball to come out of that window the same every single time so if you're different if you throw you know a fastball one window and a breaking ball in another window they're going to pick up on it mm-hmm. um, as opposed to if you're doing the same thing over and over again you know it becomes very difficult to understand what pitches when was the when you were during that let's say during that run with the Red Sox right was that the type of stuff like obviously Brian Bannister was here or and and was was a lot of this stuff introduced to you for the first time in that year yeah well a lot of the stuff as far as creativity 
and being able to afford the um, understanding of, oh, hey, we want you to do uh, take your, your breaking ball and can you change the shape of it? Mm -hmm. So once he said that, can you change the shape of it? Then it was like, I was like, yeah, I've always, I've always done that. I've always like, I, I went into the bullpen, dropped down, you know, out of necessity or, um, you know, or survival. Uh, and then when I was starting, you know, when I was younger, I'd always drop down against like bigger lefties, um, like a Bonds or Ken Griffey Jr. or, um, I think of some other guys. I think Adam Dunn. You are uh, bigger lefties than those two. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. I just those guys pop yeah. up. But I just specifically remember doing it when, you know, uh, when I was younger. So I was like, okay, well, I know that I can, I can, you know, be effective out of the bullpen. And I really didn't know what else to do. I always wanted to pitch, um, but I kind of, you know, let go of that idea that I was going to be a starter again mm. um, when I was in the bullpen because I was at peace with it mm. and then um, you know I what I did was um, you know getting the opportunity to, to get back and, and uh, become a starter again was, was because of uh, you know the opportunity and in independent ball I think that you know that's what that goes back to but um, yeah just it's interesting, but that whole talk with Bannister and yeah. you know him really explaining to me like, hey, if you can change the shape of your breaking ball. Was that when you were in Pawtucket? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Was so when Oakland via Gus via Gus really okay yeah. yeah. Um, so when Oakland shows interest, do they talk a lot about a lot of this stuff? Like I remember, you know, like um, always comes back to Joe Kelly, but like we yeah. talk about. When he met with the Dodgers, yeah. they said, we saw you in the World Series, and we saw you yeah. do this and this and this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that, comes, <clears throat> that comes into play. That actually came more into play when we went to the, um, the Dodgers. Yeah. Because they actually like laid it out more. And Andrew Friedman, he was just like, basically, every year I wanted to you know, add another pitch. He's like, just keep doing what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And it gives you a lot of, you know, answers to some questions that we always have because we're always trying to get better and better and better, right? So we always think as a pitcher, like, okay, maybe I can add this pitch or I can add that pitch because that's something that expanding your profile or your um, menu that you get to select from mm -hmm. is going to benefit you as, as a pitcher. The point that they make is like, no, sticking to what you do best and reinforcing that is something that, you know, helps uh, take some of the decision off of the table for you as far as trying to tinker too much. Because mm. um, everybody in here at some level is like, okay, tinker, you know, tinkering with yeah, trying yeah. to get things a little bit better and manipulate things differently. But, um, yeah, that's what, that's, so that's what I... Did you do that in Oakland? Like when you got to Oakland, it's yeah. like it's still the the surface level is you figured a lot of things out in Boston. You're on your way. You sign a deal in Oakland. It's a great place to pitch. Yeah. Fall ground. Blah blah blah. You know. But did you, 
Yeah, I didn't factor it. You didn't factor it, but it was just like, like the ball ground or anything. It was the opportunity. No, yeah, it was the opportunity. Starts. It had nothing to do with, you know. But you were able to to carry over what all the stuff that you talked about in Boston. I did, but it was you know I had a terrible spring training that year, mm-hmm. um, and it took me a little while to get the train back on the tracks. You yeah. know, early on in that 16 year because, um, you know, whatever. There's just, and that's a whole other 45 minutes when we talk about like you know the mental side and trying to be able to you know understand where you're at and not get too far as far as like results or. You know, hey, the opportunity is here, but now let's not put okay performance in the way of the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, a little bit of that started to, to happen during uh, spring training, and that all happens, you know, for me as an individual, as far as like being able to feel comfortable while walking into a room and not knowing anybody. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. As yeah. opposed to being yeah. able to walk into a room where you know everybody, yeah. and it's like. You know, you can immediately be yourself. Yeah. Um, but that's just a little bit insight on my own personal. Uh, well, I mean, the last thing is just the, you know, as we sit here in Oakland, I mean, you are, like you said, you're on a path, but you still don't know where that path is going to lead you. Yeah. Yada, yada, yada. Six yeah. years later, yeah. you know, you're still cruising along. So. Yeah. Well, I think, I think the, the, one thing is just having the opportunity to, you know, be with really great teammates and, um, you know, being put into having opportunities to pitch in big games like postseason and World Series and, you know, being around guys that just put forth the effort every single day and have consistent work routines that, you know, um, kind of uh, kind of guys get immersed in to the to the to the, the programming or mm-hmm. you know the situation of understanding what it takes to be successful every fifth day or every day at this level, mm-hmm. um, and that's the consistency of the work, and mm-hmm. that's what a lot of guys have, mm-hmm. you know, and still have obviously in 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 LA in you know uh, uh, saw it in you know everywhere I've been like. Oakland, New York, here, Tampa, um, Minnesota, but really that chunk of those years was uh, L.A., so yeah, yeah. that's the one thing that, you know, having, seeing that, okay, obviously a bigger market, tons of success, you know, building upon teams that they're trying to develop to make a World Series run, and you start seeing... <clears throat> How that comes together and one the, the common thread throughout the entire locker room is the work. Right, right. 